Happy Halloween! What's up, Blazers fans? This is Brandon Goldner. That is Ryan Whitledge. We've got a lot to cover in 45 minutes from the Blazers starting 2-2. Two and two. Coach Billups is showing, as a new head coach so far, Dame Slump and Anthony Simon showing out. But before we get to all of that and more, Ryan, what is up, man? I'm terrified. Absolutely terrified. I, 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 I was not trying to do that on purpose originally, and then it looked a lot creepier at first, and it was like itching my face, and then I moved it, and then it looked more emo, and then I moved it some more, so that might just be dumb and stupid, but oh well. Uh, uh, you yeah. shouldn't be allowed within 500 feet of a school after that opening, so, and then you don't drive a windowless van by any chance, do you? Just put on a, I, make sure on these things. It's funny that you say that, because I definitely don't. Oh, God. No, no I don't. Oh, I thought you were going to say, it's funny that you say that. It's, I have one, and it's an old 78 Chevy. It's funny that you say that. There's a next-door neighbor who does have a windowless van. I, I think it's a project car because I don't know if it's moved. It, it doesn't look like it's moved, but uh, it's a little looks a little creepy. It's a little Halloween-y. Um, yeah, how are you doing? It's good to see you again. I'm doing good. I, it's great to freaking actually talk to you because uh, lo and behold, you just dropped it on me. I want to say, what was that like? A week and a half, two weeks ago, you just randomly hit me up. Hey, slight recording <laughs> snafu as far as the schedule goes. I'm going to go on a on a backpacking and a rafting trip down the Colorado River. Hey, Ryan, I'm going to be out for like two weeks with no Internet yet. The, the opportunity right, bef- right before the Blazers season starts. I know we do a Blazers pod, but I feel this is the best time. Right before the season oh. starts, it was an opportunity that came up pretty quick. So the short story is that Cassie's mom had played. You have to plan these. It was a Grand Canyon rafting trip you have to play them years in advance she planned it two years ago with her friends they canceled last year because of covid some people dropped out we got to sneak in at the last second it was a life-changing experience it was really i mean we don't have enough time to even talk about it it was an unbelievable experience because i'm like not a camping dude i'm not a water dude i'm definitely not a like camping outside with no showers and no hot water dude with a bunch of people sign me up that is my heaven put me outdoor put me outdoors with no technology no cell service for like two weeks and i am freaking golden you would have really you would have dug it and also like the other thing that i'm not i'm not like the most social person in that i like i get exhausted when i'm around people a lot so this is like imagine like 15 different people from all walks of life from all ages from all around the country we don't know each other we're, we're thrown into this you know i mean it, it really did kind of feel like a tv show in the great canyon in some ways because the social dynamic everyone had a unique personality and anywho it was really fun it came up quick sorry for the no notice but like i had a great time and i'm refreshed and i'm pumped and i'm ready for the season but that's you just you, you just sold me even more on on that because as me being like my wife she's she's an introvert like when she gets out and she gets to know people she's she's we joke that she's in in an extroverted introvert but she she would rather do things by herself or by ourselves than be out with a group of people yeah and she doesn't necessarily like big groups they do make her nervous and give her social anxiety me on the other hand throw me in a room full of people that I've never met before and tell me to go socialize. And I am like a freaking kid on Christmas. I was like, I get to meet and talk to everybody in here. This is Dude, fantastic. You would have fit in so well. You would have loved it. Like, I mean, just one small snippet, like thinking about, um, <clears throat> you start the day, you wake up early, you hear the conch shell, like a literal conch shell. Mm-hmm. 
coffee's ready, get your coffee, start packing up your tent, roll up the thermarest, get your stuff in the dry bags, and then you're on the paddle boat for four hours, stop at a sandy beach, have lunch, talk to people, dry out your clothes, get back in the boat, paddle for another three or four hours. Then you make camp for the night, you hang out in a big circle and talk. It was really, really fun. It was it was super cool. Um, nice. I, yeah, I, and the last thing I'll say is that I've been to the Grand Canyon before, but I definitely never been in the Grand Canyon, like at the Colorado River level. And it was a perspective altering experience. Like my perception of like just how much I don't matter has been permanent. And like, I already knew that, but like it's been permanently shifted by like looking at the majestic splendor of one of the world's greatest wonders, waking up, taking a shit, looking at the great can you imagine taking, <laughs> taking a, a jump in one of the girl world's greatest wonders right. wow that sounds so respectful do you want but like i mean the, those beautiful <laughs> bathrooms because you'd have to set them up every day right and you put them a little bit away from camp so people couldn't see you but like the views you'd have from these camping toilets ryan like the majestic shits are what I'm going to hold in my heart forever from this trip. Just and wait it, until you can <laughs> afford to be on Jeff Bezos space penis and go up to almost oh, space. <laughs> I, I, that perspective may be a little bit too much for me, but I did want to ask you one more thing before we get into the blazers. We're coming up on Halloween. That's why I did the creepy spooky dumb mm-hmm. intro. How do you and your family celebrate that? Do you like, are you excited for this time of year? Like, is this like, it a is fun my time wife's, it is my wife's favorite holiday. Well, nice. second, second favorite holiday for one, her birthday is in October. So she gets to share a holiday in the month of October that everybody cares about and she loves it. Uh, it looks like a Halloween store has exploded inside my apartment. I mean, I can I come I over? Even have, <laughs> I even have tiny little bats that are she she invaded yes. the sports touch is how much and she claims that she does not have an, enough decorations. Christmas is her number right. one. Yep. Um, but so we go big, like we go out to the, uh, to the pumpkin patches, all that stuff. Uh, we're carving pumpkins this Saturday with, with the kids. Uh, I never do it early. I always do it the weekend of Halloween so that the pumpkins don't go bad. Yeah. So we'll go out and pick them. Um, I think this Saturday we're going to an apple crisp fair somewhere that's doing Have something. Have I talked about how I've been eating crisp apples on this show before like i've been getting into dried apples lately like that sounds like heaven yeah and so that's from like nine to noon this saturday so we're going there and then and then carving pumpkins saturday night uh but yeah we we go all out we get the kids their halloween costumes we've had them for months so that we can get them together and perfect them we are the annoying couple that goes to various halloween parties in and making sure our couple costumes are dialed in we already have our next two years of couple costumes planned out so so yes we we go into it um my one my one and only i don't mind halloween because i love that it gets like all the fall decor out the only holiday that we butt heads on is christmas and it's not because i'm a scrooge per se but as a november baby who was born on thanksgiving i have long held the disdain for the fact that christmas keeps creeping in more and more and more yeah on my, on my birthday time and so the rule in my house is that there are no christmas decorations allowed fall decorations only until december 1st that's a great rule and by the way like it's interesting because i 
kind of the same as your wife. So my birthday is November 4th. So it comes up right after Halloween. So for me, like I have always loved Halloween kind of for the same reason. Cause it's like, it's Halloween ton of candy, probably still going to have candy left over for my birthday. Plus then I get my birthday and it's not like the, I feel like people who have the, birthday next to Christmas, they kind of get screwed on the gifts, oh, yeah. right? <clears throat> There's mm-hmm. enough time for me where I don't get screwed. And like you're saying, like now Christmas is impinging upon your birthday, which is a bullshit. So yeah, um, yeah happy yeah. Halloween I, yeah. to everybody. And, so, uh, and one of the other things I love about Halloween real quick is that I was one of those, like any, any adults out there that say like, teenagers shouldn't be trick-or-treating go sit and spin i (laughs) trick-or-treated until i was 17 years old and then i stopped because if i could find an excuse for people to give me free candy and i could eat candy like i'm a 400 pound man i'm gonna freaking do it well dude the other thing is and and then i and and then i lucked out and i had kids at 22 so by the time i i took a (laughs) seven-year break and then brought kids out trick-or-treating and now i get to eat their candy your kids let you eat their candy by those are some good kids i I was just gonna say too but like older kids usually trick-or-treat later which is when if people have candy left over they either have to get rid of it or they're just gonna eat it all themselves so like i yeah Yeah. i'm fine with it i i think i trick-or-treated until i was like 16 or something um i maybe took a gap year in there but yeah and now as an adult now as an adult i get a you know pour an adult beverage into a into a little thermos cup and walk around with it so it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Halloween is probably the best holiday. I mean, it's, uh, I, I, I don't know. I feel like it's the best holiday, but we can I'm debate pro Thanksgiving. I'm pro Thanksgiving just because of being born on Thanksgiving and my love of cooking. I mean, Thanksgiving is dope, but it's like Halloween is, I, I feel like not to make this too like philosophical or whatever, but Halloween is like, it feels very, you know, um, it's, it's very like, it's hard to find somebody who's like anti Halloween. If someone's like really anti Halloween, they're probably a weirdo. And there's no like, I mean, at least you not. Have you met the Jehovah's Witnesses? No comment. But like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like it's not like it's 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 become so um, detached from whatever meeting it originally had that now, at least in the United States, Halloween really is about dress up spooky, neat candy. That's such a great reason to have a holiday. Dress up spooky, neat candy. I love it. I love that. That's the premise for Halloween. I think it's the best holiday, mm-hmm. but that's not why we're here. We are here to talk about the Blazers. Let's start wherever we want, wherever yeah. you want to start. So, so you, you, like I said, at the top, you disappeared right before the beginning of the season. I can't remember if oh, we yeah. were even a preseason game in when you were just like, Nope, I'm going to nature. I was a couple d- games in the preseason. I think I so were about two games into that. Two or three, something like that. Yeah. Okay. And th- and then you said, peace out. I I've seen enough. I'm gone. I need to go contemplate the meaning I was of life already in nature. making my evaluations for the whole season. I had seen all I needed to see. That's right. Nice left. All right. And so you got back just before the Clippers game then? Yes. Question mark. Okay. So did we got got, like we got we got back into cell service on Friday, I want to say. Is when so we, that was that was the Clippers game. Okay. okay. Yep. So but you claim that you have went back and, and watched, rewatched all these I, games, or have you watched NBA highlights? I have watched 
I have watched chunks of each of those games. I've watched highlights for all. I've watched chunks of some of them. I will admit, though, that the game I've analyzed the most is definitely yesterday's game against the Grizzlies. But so I'd say I've watched like a solid 42 percent of possible minutes at this point. Okay, that means your opinions can be no more than 41.9 percent correct. Just we're going (laughs) to. That's fair. I mean, I, I will say this, though, too. Like, I think that even the most ardent Blazers fans, like whether it's the beginning of the season or wherever, like there are times when you watch every game for like a month straight. And then there are times that you might watch the highlights or take a couple games off, watch them later. Nothing wrong with that. So I'm not judging how people watch or analyze Blazers games, but yes, I, the caveat is I've not watched every minute of every game. That is true. Okay. So from what you've seen so far, what's your take? I mean, cause this has been a very roller coaster ish start to the year, just throwing out the craptitude that we saw in preseason. I don't think, I mean, it, it the preseason can, I'm leaving you, that you can, aside. You can say that, Oh, it's developing trends or it's implementing this, implementing that. No, it's not. Nobody cares about it there, there are things there are bad habits you can develop but there are not good habits that you're going to demonstrate in in a preseason so um with everything that you've seen so far in this two and two start to the season in which unless they're playing the kings uh it's either a 30 point win or a 30 point loss what what are kind of like your your three thousand foot takeaways right now you said it the blazers are two and two and i have a hot take ryan I am wildly optimistic about this team. I have loved what I have seen so far. And last so you're on, you're on board with my 54 wins. Yes. I'm not saying that quite yet. So Damn I, I, I want to start there though. I want to start that. I feel real. I feel better than I thought I would feel, especially about two and two start, but a couple caveats really quick. One is mm-hmm. that I've said over and over, I don't want to draw any really concrete conclusions about what this team really looks like structurally until we get to about 20 ish games in. I think there are certainly things you can nitpick or point out. Um, you know, I said some stuff on Twitter yesterday that I want to get to at some point, but really as far as like, Oh, like I have a good sense of how the blazers are going to perform when it really matters. We don't really know that yet because it's just too yeah. early. That's my opinion. The reason why I'm so optimistic is that despite the fact that the Blazers are clearly trying tons of new things, they're trying new things on offense, they're trying new things on defense, pulling Damian Lillard out of his comfort zone. Despite all that, they have shown flashes of a really good team. And -hmm. I think that that is why I'm optimistic. And they've done it not just against garbage teams either against good established teams against younger teams that are up and coming. Well, my argument would be is that they haven't played a garbage team yet. Right. So, I mean, I mean, you go and look at the records right now across the league and everybody's guesses for how things would pan out and where, where teams would be lying and who would be the good teams, who would be the bad teams. They're all fucking wrong. I mean, you just uh, outside the sample of the size war, is too small, uh, yeah. though, right? I mean, it's Cor- correct, and everything will 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 correct itself. But I'm, I mean, what we've been seeing from like the Minnesota Timberwolves with them sitting at three and one, they actually look pretty decent, and the Kings look like a fun team sitting at two yeah. and two, and so like that kind of makes you reevaluate things a little bit when like you, like you start this season and you know, nothing and you're opening against the Kings and it's everybody's first game. You're going off, off history and whatnot. And the Blazers drop that in a little bit of a heartbreaking fashion. Then you're like, well, shit, we just lost to the Kings. Yeah. But then you watch their next three games and you're like, 
They're pretty damn good. I mean, hell, they just freaking Harrison Barnes, who we're going, how do you let Harrison Barnes set a career high? He just had a walk-off buzzer-beating three last night. So, I mean, a very Damian maybe... Lillard-esque, by the way, gets the inbounds pass, and there's someone draped over him, right, in that yeah. left, way, way deep three-pointer and hits that shot. Yeah, that was pretty Yeah, cool. I counted, though. Damian Lillard had three claps. Harrison Barnes had two, so it's, it's nothing similar. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Yeah, I mean, but, so... Yeah. Well, no, I mean, yeah, I... All of what you said is accurate and I agree with. And and again, like at 30,000 foot, we can drill down, but at 30,000 foot, a couple games in, Blazers are trying stuff. They're being pulled out of their comfort zone. And despite that, I like what I see so far. It's very early. I don't really look at the record. It's more about how they're playing. There have been ups, there have been downs. That's fine. I'm, I am pretty optimistic so far. I think the, actually the most important thing I would say it really did come yesterday. I thought it came yesterday and I'm jumping ahead of myself now. This is why sometimes it's good to have show notes, but anyway, I'm just going to stop there. How do you feel about it? And maybe I'll twist the question in there. How do you feel about the team? But how do you feel about coach Billups so far, his early showing as a coach? It's weird to, especially now seeing that like doing this podcast with you and, and getting into it now from the start of a season is, is slightly kind of altering how, how I look at things. And, and I say that because over at blazer tag, we did that from a drunken fan perspective. We never tried to dive into a little, we were, we were as judgmental as you would be with chatting with your buddies at the bar. So there wasn't a lot of deep dive and kind of analytical looking at, at things and, and thinking things through and, and, and talking about them. It was, it was just a lot of drunk, drunken accusations and, and, and conclusions. And so I find myself when I watch the games, I watch them from a fan perspective, but I'm able to come back later on. And when I'm thinking about them, think about little things that I saw. And so like my fan hat is freaking out. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, Damian Lillard's going to leave. We suck again. But my, my, my more nuanced See, Ryan brain... turns into Grover when he gets upset. <laughs> Girl, no likey, <laughs> no likey. Oh my god! But but uh, then Frank my... Oz is really <sighs> proud of you right now. Frank Oz, the voice actor for both Yoda and Grover, a ton of other Sesame Street and Muppets characters. Oh, I, I actually can't do a Yoda, not at all, and I'm not even going to try. But but no, that's my, like three percent Yoda. You're almost there. Anyway, continue. Uh, Sorry. Almost. My more nuanced brain then kicks in, and and I start looking at things, and I'm like, okay, so, but. Things that aren't working, they're sticking with and are are working their way through to to get them to be productive aspects of a basketball game. And like, are all these turnovers worrisome? Yes. But if they're going to put a little bit more focus on ball movement, like the Blazers have been one of the lowest turnover teams over, over the last decade, because there wasn't a lot of ball movement. Now things were a lot ISO heavy and Hey, breaking news. If you don't pass the ball, you can't turn it over as much. And so, and that, but then you see that too. Like there's, there's also the speed aspect, how fast do they want to go? How fast, you know, and so just kind of little miscommunications there, but there it, it's the bones are there and they're, they're working on it. And, and I kind of view it as like, okay, you're building a house and you want to go raise a wall at, at, at one, at one time. And you know, the wind caught it, the wall fell. Well, did you just abandon the house and then go, you know what, we're going to start on that building on that one over there instead. Cause that one's a little further along, you know, as Stotts would have done and just go, we're going to go back to the safe thing. No, they freaking picked it back up and went, went back and trying to fix it. And so, and it so that's what if I'm you're seeing. the Bluth company in Sudden Valley. In that case, maybe you would, you never know. Arrested development reference. <laughs> Sorry. Never seen the show. You what? Never seen it, bro. If you want to get into popular shows that I've never watched, we could do an 
three podcast episodes on that. I'm really disappointed in you right now. Okay, well, let me ask you something. You said something in there that I want to ask you about. Turnovers, okay? So you could argue that... Blazers have historically during the Stotts era historically didn't have a ton of turnovers. They also didn't have a ton of passes. Like you said, if you don't pass a bunch, you don't have a yeah, ton low of turnovers. Assist team. You're going to, yeah, low assist team. You're going to be a low turnover team. So do you feel like the benefit of passing more outweighs the detriment of potentially turning the ball over? Like, do you think that that's a net positive by passing more? Yes. Uh, I will throw out that early season speculation would say, unless it's Yusuf Nurkic, that's either passing what or receiving the hands? pass. Is he dipping his hands in an ice bucket before the game? It seems you like heard, it, it okay. bounces the off Cl- his hands. The Clippers game was his worst game so far this season. It happened Scott yesterday was, too, though, a lot. Uh, it was, be- it was, he had a significantly better game than, the, than yesterday than he did in the Clippers game. He was much better against Memphis, but uh, part of that could be that, you know, him and Steven Adams are buddies. Uh, the other part could be, is that the scuttlebutt is that seeing is that they got down into LA a little bit early that uh, there was a little bit of time for some, uh, some nighttime shenanigans and that Nurk may have been hungover. So, I mean, they could always go to Dante's here in Portland and have a great time too. So I don't know about that. Are you encouraging Nurk to drink more and play like he did against the Clippers? Cause I'm not, I don't I feel like Arvita Sabonis drank a bunch during his career and he was a whole He's famer. Russian. That's different. <laughs> Bosnia. I'm not sure how Bosnians can handle their liquor, but was it Bosnia the Russians part of can. the former USSR? Well, I mean, they, succeed, they succeeded. Yeah. Are you going to lump true. them in? Ask a Bosnian know. if he considers himself Russian. I guarantee no, you. No, they definitely punched. don't. Um, <laughs> okay. So, so you're not concerned about the turnovers. That's fine. Um, no, no, it, that's kind of, it's one of those things too, is I, I, I do hate when people say, Oh, it's a new team. It's a new system. This is a group of players that ran together at the end of last year. There is supposed to be, minute. this is, there is supposed to be something to the continuity and knowing each other when you're returning a same starting five, but it is a new system. I mean, it's a new, there are new systems, both on offense and defense. Let's be fair about that. There's uh, the principles are plus, the same. Plus, plus Larry Nance jr. Wasn't there. Plus Norm Powell's there for half season. Plus Anthony Simons now has an elevated role. God, plus Robert Covington is actually still relatively now. new. Like, I mean, I would say the only people who were like ultra super holdovers from the thoughts era, Dame CJ and Nurk, like has everybody picked up a basketball before and played a game in some aspect. Do yes, they know the basic saying, fundamentals of basketball? Yes. But I'm okay. just saying the system Great. is on both offense and defense, tons of new systems. And to that point, has the starting, has this starting five played over a hundred games together? You should be able to know what guys no. tendencies are. Yes. No, they haven't. No way. Yes. No way. Yes. Nope. Yes. Nope. Cause it, no. Okay. Cause Norm Powell is a trade deadline, right? Yeah. There's no way it's been a hundred games, not enough games. So you're wrong. Um, maybe 50 Son of a bitch. I am. Yeah, you're totally wrong. I uh, maybe 40. So, okay, let's leave that aside. Let's just, okay, Ryan, you're right. Good job. Way to go. Okay. Let me ask you this. You also patronize me. <laughs> I know. Even patting your head through the screen. That was, that was a bullshit move on my part. I apologize for that. Um, let me, ask <laughs> I'm <laughs> sad. <laughs> sad. Oh my God. Let me, let me ask you this. You said something else too. I want to ask you about you okay. said about the blazers trying new stuff. Now, if you follow me on Twitter at golden PDX, I don't recommend it. I highly recommend <laughs> it. I think it's a great time. Uh, if you do follow me on Twitter, you would see that I tweeted out. It was right near the beginning of the game. And I said, 
Chauncey Billups's first real test as an NBA coach may be whether he's willing to admit some of his initial ideas of how to revamp the Blazers won't work with the players he has. Will he demonstrate the flexibility that Stotts refused to embrace and that ultimately got him fired? Now, here's what I want to ask you about. Mm -hmm. Do you believe that trying new stuff only means trying stuff that Stotts didn't do is that when you hear we're going to try some new stuff or do you also think it means Billups challenging himself to try stuff that maybe he didn't originally want to try like when you say trying new stuff like what do you think does that include just well, like Bla- last year's Bla- team and before the Blazers does that also under, include Billups the Blazers under Stotts were a very pick and roll heavy team they were the best pick and roll team in the league mm, remember that point and dear I'm, listeners I'm queuing this I'm queuing this you. up for you because I, I know I, where it's I love going. you for it appreciate it <laughs> Uh, but and they were one of the best pick and roll teams in the league. And so does that mean that every time I see the Blazers run a pick and roll that I go, oh, no, they're devolving back into their old offense? No, it doesn't, because the pick and roll is one of the most common styles and effective styles of offense in the game. But, but where I do see differences is that they're not all, you know, top of the key, high screen center court pick and rolls. You're, you're starting to see some of these pick and rolls, different, different areas of the court off different sorts of dribble action. He's the changes I'm seeing is he's utilizing a strength and, and somewhat leaning into a strength. Um, well, kind of throwing a little bit of a wrinkle into it. Now, one of the aspects that we saw that I know you're just dying to touch on from last night is, is that, Dame, we've his shots been off. You know, is that because he's trying to set more teammates up? Is he being less aggressive? And a turning point in the game last night was when Dame decided to be aggressive, and it was you know like five straight pick and rolls or isolation plays. But a big part of that, in my mind, and Mike Richmond on Lockdown Blazers touched on this. Go listen to his pod if you don't. Some I don't know why I say that. I, it's given free pub, but if they've found us, they know everybody else. That's my <laughs> that's how I view it. I think it's but, I think it's fair. I do think that even if it's something that people should know about, it's good to give props to people who are doing good work and Mike does good work. So I think it's fine. Yeah. yeah. But you know, he he talked about how it, at one point in time late in the game last night that Dame actually heard uh I think he said John Morant call out one five, one five, one five. And that let Dame know that they were going to be switching absolutely everything. So, okay, great. What's the best way to take advantage of a switch? A pick and roll. Because you can get the matchup that you want if you run a pick and roll with the guy that you want to go against. And so Dame went to Chauncey and was like, they they called 1-5. Can we just go straight pick and roll? And Billups was like, uh, I mean, if that's what you heard and that's what you're saying, then yeah, go ahead. So so it's promising to me that Chauncey is willing to make these in-game adjustments because that's not, that was, always a big bane, especially in the playoffs on Stotts. Stotts would ride the, we do, we're going to do what we do great and hope that we can do it to a good enough frequency that we win a game. And he was horrible at in-game adjustments or even, you know, game to game adjustments kind of thing. And, and taking 
care of matchups. So the, the fact that Billups early as a coach is hearing something from a star player and is willing to adjust his game plan or let him, I think, as you so uh, eloquently put it or, um, on Twitter and say he ad libbed, uh, but ad lib a game plan in, in going to a pick and roll as a way to get things going. I, I think that's good. I think that's promising. So, First of all, I want to congratulate you for not teeing this up, but for preempting it with your own opinion, your own framing before I even got a chance to talk about it. That is some A plus podcasting and I applaud you for it. Um, So, yes, let's break that down a little bit more. Now, for people who are watching on YouTube, I wanted to share something really quick to Ryan's point about the Blazers getting hot using ISOs and pick and roll. This is a five play sequence in the third quarter. The Blazers were up, I believe, by two. These are five consecutive offensive possessions, all of which involved either an isolation or a pick and roll, none of which involved any off ball movement or any tricky stuff like that with the Blazers built their biggest lead of the game and forced a Memphis timeout. Take a look at this really quick. And what do you think about that? Unbelievable video editing for me, Brandon Goldner. Um, so here's what went I want to say. A flash. I went yeah, by that, in a flash. That, so here's what yeah. I want to ask you, Ryan, before I ask you, I want to say something else. I mm-hmm. tweeted this got almost no engagement, but I tweeted the Blazers look their best when their best players do what they do best. And while that's not a shock and they have plenty of time to adjust to doing something else, that's where they are as of now. So I tweeted that, but then also you took umbrage. You took offense because I tweeted out a clip from the Blazers and it was a clip part of that sequence. So I think it was the first shot. Damian mm-hmm. Lillard kind of just doing what he does. Pick and roll bounces or dribbles around and hits a three. Great. That's that's what we know Damian Lillard can do. I said, new offense, same as the old offense. You got so upset. You started yelling. You started crying. Well, you started there were not, crapping there were your not, pants. There were not capital letters in there. It's, there was no so I, I'm exaggerating, obviously. But, like, you, my point, I, I want to bring it back to what you said. My, but, but my point was that the stuff that we saw in that clip, the stuff that people, if you're following us on YouTube, just saw in the clip that I shared that I also shared on Twitter from the We Like the Blazers Twitter account, that sequence of the Blazers having their best players do what they do best. There's no off-ball movement. People are literally just standing, and it's either a simple pick and roll or an ISO. That is the kind of stuff that can then open up other parts of their offense as they're learning it, as they're developing it. And Mm -hmm. so what I said in that tweet, Ryan, was that that Dame was either told or decided to ad lib a little bit more. And by ad lib, I don't mean like just on the fly. He decided, no, like he was either told or he decided, Hey, I'm just going to do what I do. Right. So yeah, yeah. Me- that was the converse. That was the conversation I referenced. He went up to his coach and said, right. they called out one five. They're switching everything. I think we should try to take advantage of this. And Bill said, sure. Right. That's and- not ad. That's not ad-libbing that's it's deciding hey, coach, it's deciding coach, to i heard this on the floor it's getting your group together your uh, jazz we're group. arguing nuances here oh, now. I, have a, I have a great analogy though it's getting together with your jazz group Be like hey guys i'm gonna take a solo we good with that great and then taking a solo you're not reading on book you're doing a solo it was dame soloing but they talked about it before either was Correct. told or decided so anyway the frame the framing of your argument for one <laughs> kudos to you for uh, having your pointed <laughs> shot with a uh, new offense, same as the old offense. Uh, you like that one? <laughs> we're all smart enough to know where that and what group that's, that's, that's going at. Oh, uh, no, uh, so- I new leaf for Brandon. I don't, I don't care. I, that, that, that's my really? own thinking. It seems for my like own audience. Pet, 
petty Twitter Brandon is still in in, in mid season form. Well, but, he's always so, good. So kudos to you for that. But no, it's where my argument comes from is is in the nuance of it because how in in the general social media landscape or soon to be the meta that we'll be living in. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Let's not even talk about that. Where we'll be doing this uh, podcast around a table with people in an Oculus. We're not even going to say the name. Just, yeah, anyway, keep, keep going. I just did. I said meta. No one knows what that is yet. Thank God. So let's just the new Facebook. No, <laughs> not bleeping they, that out either. <laughs> now they know of us, but uh, no. So, so in, in the internet realm where, where, you know, there's, there's no nuance and there's, you know, no inflection in voices. You did a horrible job presenting your argument. That is what I was. That is the point I was trying to make. Did I, I will, I will forever call you out for not being to properly articulate your arguments in in the Twitter form as well as you can in in the verbal form. No, okay. So this isn't where I was prepared to go with this, but let's let's break this down a little bit more. What I said was that the new offense, same as the old offense, that was a cheeky reference to this specific clip that I shared. It was intended to be somewhat humorous, not intended to be taken seriously. When you objected to it, when you started yelling and crying and crapping your pants, that can is we, what I was like. Can we get away from the crapping <laughs> pants part? Just drop I could, one. I could smell it through the screen. Once I realized how upset that it made you, then I said, quote, I said this on Twitter. It was the next thing that I tweeted. Quote, the stuff in the clip opens up everything else, not the other way around. Maybe that will change later. But for as much as Dame was sticking to the playbook, the first few games, as commented on by Casey Holdall and others, he was either told or decided to ad lib more this game. That was my serious argument. It was articulated well, especially for 240 characters, 280. So I will accept your apology anytime between now and between when we both die. I'll think about it and then and, and put it on the agenda <laughs> so at wait, wait, some one, point one more in time thing. between now and forever. One more thing, I, will say, I will say, duh, Damian Lillard making more shots is going to open up more parts of the offense. But it's, no, 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 but it's how he did it. It wasn't Damian Lillard running off of screens. It wasn't even everyone else moving around a ton and creating these cool pockets of space, which I think everybody could agree if the Blazers could play that way would be great. By the way, one big problem with that is that they don't have a Clay Thompson on their team as good as CJ McCollum is, and they definitely don't have a Draymond Green on their team as much as Nurk has been stone hands this season. So leaving that piece aside, that was my point, right, was that that type of stuff that will help them kind of ease into learning everything else. And when they need to, they can always go back to it, which by the way, I'm going to bring this full circle. That is when I started feeling the, the big blooms of, of rosy optimism in the cockles of my soul. When I was like, uh, I was like, you hate me saying tickle, tickle box. Or tickle you trunk, never yeah. say that. Okay, if you fine. never say, if you never say that again, I will never say tickle trunk again. You have a deal. I, I don't even know where that came from, but, but to know that coach oh, Billups wow. is, is not that stubborn. Okay. Coach Billups is willing to be flexible. He is willing to change and kudos to Damian Lillard and everybody else for literally as far as I could see, not maybe not literally almost the entire time and every other minute of the previous games, they were trying so hard to just stick to what they were working on and what they were developing. And in this game, third quarter, they, they said, fuck it. We're just, we need, I need to get going. Damian Lillard. We need is to get that, going as a team. Is that and, not, 
somewhat worrisome and detrimental because we've seen that no. before when Stotts has tried to implement changes and then he just said, fuck it and decided to go back to his old schemes. I have every confidence that Billups is going to continue pushing the changes that he wants, that the team is bought into it. I, I no, I don't think this is a, Do you think thing co- I hate when people want to say, well, you know, uh, Billups is a, cha- or a, a championship winning coach. Well, he's not a championship winning coach. Stotts was a championship yeah, no, winning coach. Yep. Do, you think, coach. do you think that players, give more credence to a former player who won a ring than they do a coach who has won a ring. I don't know about that, but what I would like say, if there's more weight in the locker room for like, I've been where you are and I've climbed the mountaintop versus when Stotts was the, I've won, I've, I've coached guys to where you want to go. I think it's less that and it's more generational. Cause again, I think you hear this a lot from people who don't follow the Blazers super closely where it's like the Blazers now have someone who played in the NBA. Coach Stotts played in the NBA. He was an NBA player. Did, did people forget that? Like he was. So it's, I think it's more generational is what I'm saying. I think it's more about Chauncey Billups is closer in age, in generation to the players that are playing now. If Stotts had been, you know, like a, I mean, look at Steve Kerr again, you know, he's a little bit older than Chauncey Billups, but like the, Terry Stotts is a, is at least a full generation removed from, from both of those guys. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think it's more about generational, but all of this is just to say, that I, I hope that people understand that when they're watching the Blazers work out their new offense, their new defense, that if you do have spurts where Damian Lillard just does what he does, well, he's a top 75 player of all time. And guess what? Uh-huh, beat out Clay Thompson. By the way, <laughs> did you see that trolling by the Golden State Warriors for him? No. So Draymond Green got uh, Clay Thompson a new jersey that's at number 77. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Sometimes I really like Draymond Green, by the way. I think that's great. Um, oh, it's just excellent trolling. I can't believe Clay was so pissed about that. He was really upset. So was Alex English. There were a couple of random people who were very upset. You know what I was pissed off about is the fact that the Bill Walton picture that they chose to advertise for Walton making it on there was him in a Celtics jersey and not him yeah, in a Blazers jersey. That's that's uncool. I mean, but that's I think, just my that's my fanish. I agree. So. By the way, I mean, this is going super deep cut. If you think about Bill Walton, he, you know, he was an MVP. He was a finals MVP, uh, an incredible player in his prime that was cut short by injury. Then he went to the Clippers, right? He had this big thing with the Blazers, went to the Clippers. Then he went to the Boston Celtics and people thought he was totally washed up, totally done. Couldn't move anymore. Mm -hmm. Watch Bill Walton. I think it's the 85 finals. Some of the plays that Bill Walton is making as a rickety ass old dude who has multiple injuries. Total flashes of young Bill Walton. It's I had never seen the clips before of him playing for the Celtics, but there are these moments. It's like, wow, that's exactly what it looked like on the Blazers, which I didn't realize this is interesting stuff to go back and look to. But um, OK, that's why I'm optimistic. They're two and two. They're trying stuff. Billups. He again, as I tweeted before the game, like his big test is, is he going to be willing to be flexible? He was willing to be flexible. That's fucking awesome. I love it. So, like, yep. yeah, I'm optimistic. That's how I feel. All right. Well, I have for you in this, in the, in the, uh, in the biz is what we call an expertise. I have for you so far, the definitive stat and the thing to look, the thing to look for in a game that will tell you without a doubt, if the Blazers will win any given matchup, can I try to guess it? Well, first we got a break.
All right. So as I mentioned right before that break, uh, I, I have been tracking a stat. I am a big fan of doing the most nerdy of stat tracking that I possibly can. And so there's always one weird off the wall thing that I try to track that I think really Doctors has no- hate him. <laughs> I, I am the this fourth one of- weird <laughs> stat that will change your life. Yes, I am the fifth dentist everyone hates. <laughs> oh, yeah, four out of five. But anyways, there, there's one thing that I have always jokingly said for quite a while in every Blazer game, and that is whenever the Blazers win an opening tip, I say, oh, no, we suck again. <laughs> so I decided to start tracking on if there's any correlation between on if the Blazers win the opening tip and if they win the game. Okay. What'd you find out? So, how, wait a minute. Well, how did you track this? I watched the game. I have an Excel spreadsheet. There is literally. Oh, you I just started out, this year. Yes, I just started this year. Okay. So we are of the ultimate small sample sizes. I said I I, I pick a stat to track, a random stat to track, or a random thing to look at. That's just stupid. This sounds like Every you're going to get into year. an uncut gems scenario and parlay the opening tip if, with the number of rebounds to the. If I'm if I'm in Oregon, there is a heavy possibility I will live bet based off of this, because so far this season, if the Blazers have won the opening tip, they have lost the game. If they have lost the opening tip, they have won the game. Ah, wow. So who are they playing? <laughs> who are they playing the Clippers next, right? They're playing the Clippers next. So last Ooh. time with last time with the Clippers, uh, Nurk did win the opening tip against Zubak, and then we lost the game. Okay. So, so what you're saying is the Blazers should just let the other team get the tip. <laughs> partly, yes. But I was also, uh, so I watch um, on the Monday Night Football broadcasts. Uh, they do the Peyton and Eli broadcast on ESPN two, where they have them commenting on it or doing commentary in their own little thing. And so they had Tom Brady on. So my, my team's former quarterback and I'm still bitter about it anyways. Uh, <laughs> uh, but he had talked about uh, in regards to like overtime, like we would, owe, or I think it was overtime, but he, he had said, we'd always defer because right. one of the best things that you can do is defer the opening kick and then hope that you have the ball to end the first. Oh yeah. That's what it was. Defer the opening kick so that you, you'd have the ball to end the first half, because if you can get points on the board to end the first half, he felt so confident that they could get more points on the board with them having the ball to start the second half. Carry over so, momentum. so yes, exactly. And so obviously um, if in basketball, it holds, if you win the opening tip, you do not start the second half of the basketball. So it's kind of, I'm, I'm now super curious on if any part of that will play over in the long run as, as I'm kind of keeping track of this, of that, like if the Blazers find themselves down uh, in the first half of a game, like regardless of if they can hit like a last second buzzer beater shot to end the first or to end the first half, but the biggest adjustments you're going to make are are going to be when you come out in the second half, because you're going to go to the locker room. You're going to have seen gameplay. You're going to have seen tape. You're going to talk about things. What adjustments do you want to make? And can you come out and impose your will and make the changes that you need to? And so, so far it's shown that if the Blazers lose the opening tip, they've come out with better second half adjustments. So I, I, it's, it's, it's the world's stupidest stat. And for any degenerate gamblers that have access to Oregon lottery scoreboard down across the border and can live bet. I, I, so far, I mean, it's, it's a hundred percent. They, they lose the opening tip. They win the game. 
I don't think it's stupid. I think it's interesting. I don't think that it has like the momentum carryover effect like it could potentially have in football just because the, the possessions are so much more defined in football and yeah. basketball are so much more fluid. But here's what I'll say. I'm going to tie disc golf into this because I know that you love disc golf. Oh. Uh, oh. So A game I have never played. I have played disc golf for a long time. I've gone through periods of when I've taken it pretty seriously, and I am in the midst of another one of those periods. I call it my third great disc golf period. I had one in my early 20s, one in my late 20s, and now I'm in my mid-30s, and I'm taking it seriously again. For the first time ever, I had a round, a competitive round, where I had a rating that was above a professional level rating. I've never done that before. So they do ratings like a thousand rated is professional. The rating that I got on this round that was is there at, an app. Is there an app like that tracks it? Cause I know with like golf, like you can sign up for like a, an official, like handicap tracker or whatnot with the USGA kind of thing. There's not because the, this is, this may be going too far in the weeds. The rating for your round is when you have to, you have to compare how you did against everybody else. And it also kind of trues it up against what their rating was before. So they look at, there was like 60 people there so based on what their rating was when they started and how well they played that round it will then spit out what the round rating was so it's really it's you're kind of comparing yourself to how other people played and also how they've played in previous rounds mm-hmm. but I'm, i swear to god there's a point to this first of all i'm proud of myself first time ever had a thousand rated round in fact it was 1038 if i played like this every single time i played which i cannot i would be one of the top 10 professionals in the entire world so it was like a great it was like an awesome round it was really really cool it was like i got super hot blah 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 my point was the second round that i played i played doubles okay and mm-hmm. that's when it's usually it's best shot doubles. If you ever play golf, you play doubles, you and your partner both hit the ball, right? And whoever has the yeah. better line, yeah, that's, that's, that's what you play. Yeah. But if you don't have enough players, you may have to play Cali. You may have to play by yourself. Now, here's what I thought would happen is that me playing Cali, me playing doubles by myself, you get one extra throw per hole. Muscle memory, to your point about the momentum carrying over, you have the ball and you score, and then you kind of carry that in the second half. I thought that the Cali would really help me because the muscle memory of I messed up that shot, I'll get the next shot. It'll be way better. I actually played better by myself as a single that I did as a Cali. So all this is just to say momentum, muscle memory, the hot shooter theory, getting three free throws to get a player going. You never know how it's going to work out. Well, People I'm, are not, I'm not necessarily saying that this correlates over to like the momentum of carrying momentum over from one half to another. I'm, I'm more interested in that. Does this mean that you are able to make better adjustments at halftime oh, okay. and, and come out and impose your will more because you get to start that possession. Like it's only the one quick possession. So like that, like, as you had mentioned, like there's not the direct carryover because a possession in football can suck up seven minutes of clock time as opposed to in basketball. Um, but, but you get to be the first one to touch the ball and make your adjustment out of halftime. Right. If you lose that opening tip, but yeah, I, I still I tend to be, think probably not. Right. Like probably not, but as, as it stands right now, it's, it's tracking. And so I'm going to be super curious. I literally, my wife was laughing at me because I'm sitting here in an Excel spreadsheet and I am typing out every <laughs> single game, Kings, Suns, Clippers, Grizzlies, Clippers, Hornets, 76ers, Cavs, and away home what it is. And I have all of this broken down into a spreadsheet. So if they win the tip at home, if they lose the tip at home, it uh, track it all. And it's- honest, honestly, when I find myself down in Portland for games, best believe I'm going to use this as a correlation for betting. 
That's I, I feel like if you get a couple more games and it keeps tracking, I feel like you need to like create a really cool like graphic for this and tweet it out and hopefully it like catches fire and goes viral because like you'll be like the person who tracked this first. So stake your claim I, I, right now. Like, well, I'm st- I'm staking it, but I will also let you know that uh, as far as creating a graphic for it, I I will talk to my graphic guy. Hi, Brandon. Oh, hey, what's up? Yeah, I'm happy to create a graphic for you. Let's talk. All right, we've only got a couple more topics to get to. I mean, we could talk on and on. Really quick. We need to talk. We need to talk about Ant. And the okay. first thing I need to say about Ant: How do we get a camera in Danny Morang's living room for when he's watching these games? And we need to label this the Ant Cam. Is, so wait, I'm sorry. I, I, I know Danny Morang. I'm not familiar enough to know what you're referencing. Is he, what he has, he is the torchbearer of the Anthony Simons fan club Okay, from the day he stepped foot in the Blazers practice facility, Anthony Simons, Danny Morang has said, this kid has it. And he has backed Anthony Simons like no other. And so it's looking like a pretty good bet. I mean, he has been his strongest (laughs) proponent through the struggles and whatnot. But now that ant seems to have finally gotten it. And, and I, and and that's not necessarily a fair assumption. I actually think that a bigger reason that ants is, is succeeding this year is because he's been given the chance last year. He's kind of forced to share the ball in order to, uh, for the team to be a steward of a certain player's legacy, unless you ask bleacher report. And then that player uh, didn't play the last two years, but uh, you know, he was giving up shots to, for the benefit of Carmelo Anthony, as opposed to now on the second unit. Yes. He's playing segments with Dame or or CJ, but he kind of is the guy on the second unit. And he has taken advantage of this role. Like no other, like I will be surprised if he is not, top two end of the year and six man of the year. If he can keep up this level of production. It's uh, I thought it was a mistake that the Blazers didn't try to sign him to something before the beginning of the season. And I think that ship is, I don't, I don't think the deadlines wow. passed, but I think that the ship is, oh, sailed no, no, at this it, point. It, it, it passed. Oh, did it, it? Okay. It was, well, yeah, even that, if the deadline, the deadline hadn't passed, passed, the ship has already it, sailed. It sound from, from the reporting on it at the time, it sounds like that if the Blazers had offered him something, Ant's camp was going to turn it down because they knew that his role would be expanded this year and they were betting on him. I think that the so Blazers they were going to le- they were going to let him go into unrestricted free agency. Now this becomes dangerous because god the Blazers cap situation next year especially if they aren't able to duck the luxury tax by trading a Nurkic or a Rocco by the trade deadline this year uh becomes so precarious over the next 2 years. I mean you have over 107 million dollars wrapped up into six players. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, now that you're going to have to look at Ant, if Ant is a, if he is this, you're going to have to pay him, but you're going to have to pay a lot more guys, and so the gap becomes a little harrowing. But that does anyway. That I think it's so here, that here, future discussion. Ant is fucking playing lights out right now, and it's great. I want to talk more about Ant, but really quick, I have to talk shit about Neil Shea. It's my obligation to do it. I think that the Blazers did miss the boat. They could, I, in my view, they could have offered him something well beyond his value established last year, but short of what he is now establishing his value as moving forward. Because remember, Anthony Simons, he's only 22 years old. So with any other team looking at him, you're not just going to be paying him for however well he does this year. You will be paying him for potential future development. This is only, you know, year four, 22 years old to your point. He's now getting the opportunity. And like, look, he was playing really well last year. That's a thing that's lost on a lot of people too, is that everyone's like, when's he going to hit? When's he going to hit? He's in 
for most NBA players, he, uh, comparatively, he's as old he now just as, got he just got drafted. Yeah, he's as old now about as Damian Lillard was as a rookie. That's about how old he is. Okay, so it's like yeah. And to be fair, now he did have an expanded role last year at the end of the season, the last twenty or so games. He was averaging about twenty minutes. He's averaging twenty two minutes now. But let me read you this, and I I mean. I think with Anthony Simons, you really have to watch him play to really re- like reaffirm like, oh, yeah, like he's popping. But listen to these stats. It's not just 14 and a half points a game. It's not just that he's shooting 53 percent from the field. He's doing it on 10 shots and he's shooting 48 percent on six attempts from deep. That is insane. Like we were looking at him last year. He was shooting 43% on five attempts or even four and a half attempts from deep. Mm -hmm. And we were saying, wow, like if he took more attempts, even if the percentage came down, well, guess what? He's shooting even more and shooting it even more accurately. And like, and and he's willing to actually drive to the cup. And that was a big thing last year is that he looks bigger. Doesn't he? Does he not look bigger to you? That's just the weird tats that he has that makes him look a little more. No, no, more no, no. He looks bigger. His arms look bigger. His shoulders look. He, he looks bigger. You would agree, right? Or are you sure it's not because of the haircut? Because he I, did cut his hair. He definitely looks bigger. I so I don't. You can you can think whatever you want. He's bigger. The dude the dude has gained some okay. weight, which was necessary, okay. right? Well, like put yeah. on muscle. Come on, we go with we go with the athletic terms here. He didn't gain weight. He didn't get fat. He put on muscle. He gained but, weight, and that weight can be muscle. Muscle is more dense than fat. So, yes. Amper, yeah. But, but he, he's also driving to the rim a little more than he used to. Sure. And that was one of the biggest things. We're like, dude, you you were the dunk championship or j- dunk champion. You can finish at the rim. You have skills. To that point, to that point, uh, the percentage of his field goal by a certain distance. Oh, it actually doesn't bear that out. We're just going to go ahead and ignore that. It does seem <laughs> like he's driving more, though. More than last yes. year. More than last year. Damn we'll it, say Kurt, Kurt Goldsberry. Goldsberry. Yeah. 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 Where's Anthony Simon's shot chart? We'll hit, we'll hit him up. <laughs> if you go to basketball reference, you can see if you scroll down the percentage of their field goals by a certain distance. And he's mm-hmm. still only taking 11% between zero and three feet and 11% between three and 10 feet. That's a little bit higher than last year, but not as high as his first two years. But again, the sample size 22% is 22% with inside the arc. I'll, it's, it's fine. So. Uh, it's actually, if, he, if, he, if he can become a threat from there, that's, that's all you care about. That's fair. Yeah, actually, to, well, let me inside the arc is different than driving the basket. Now inside the arc, he's taking about half of his shots from three, half of them, not from three, but last year it was 70% from three. So you're right. Like he's expanding his game. That's your point. It's a great mm-hmm. point. And yeah. he's driving more. He's bigger. Anthony Simons looks really good. Someone who doesn't look as good and just, you not what I was going to say. Dunk the fucking ball. He Just had one it. wide open dunk where he swung on the rim for like an hour. It's pretty fun. Um, good. Good. That gave me enough time to finish my beer because it is now went in my, when I watched the game, it has went from, it used to be Nurk took a three. That's a drink. Yep. Then, then he stopped dunking. And so it became Nurk took a three or Nurk dunked the ball drink. It is now, if Nurk takes a three, that's a drink because he's taking them more. And if Nurk dunks the ball, that's finish your drink. <laughs> now to be fair, Nurkic has had three dunks in four games, which does put him on track for the largest number of dunks he's had in any season in his career and which he's played more than a handful of games. But that's not who I was going to talk about. I was going to say Damian Lillard clearly is in a bit of a slump. He responded to some bleacher report graphic on Twitter talking about his splits. And he basically said like, 
nine season says what to the four games, which is Damian Lillard saying, I don't give a shit about a small sample size. Are you at all concerned about Damian Lillard and his slump? Like he could be hurt. He could be dealing with an abdominal issue. Maybe it's just the early season. Who knows? Like, does this concern you at all? It doesn't concern it doesn't concern me in regards to Dame. The overarching thing that I'm curious about, as you wave to your girlfriend, <laughs> hi Cassie, uh, but is uh, is because this is a trend that we're seeing across the league. There there are players and there are shooters that are struggling so far this year. Is the ball change fucking with people? No, they they switch from a Spalding to a Wilson or this isn't, to a Wilson. this isn't the change from but, a leather but, ball to a synthetic ball. That's cutting people's fingertips off. Correct. Like, no, correct. I don't think so. But if, if I'm going to give credence to anything, it it's, it's going to be that, you know, Dame didn't have a lot of rest in the off season yep. played in the Olympics, yep. you know, did, had an did all ab that injury that he's had every single year. Exactly. He, he's, he's dealt with that. He's, we always tend to see him near the beginning of the year, try to get his teammates going because he just has the faith in himself that he can get himself going anytime he wants. And so a little bit, a little bit that we saw last night, but the and only it's a new system he's being asked to run. Correct. I, that's probably the lowest on my totem pole. I'll put the ball above that. I I'm, I'm actually curious if people like, I would love to get players alone to talk to them and be like, does the, does the ball thing screw with you at all? Well, I mean, you have players like Anthony Simons who are breaking out John Morant who are breaking out. So, I mean, if CJ McCollum is starting off the same way he did last year, it's not the ball. I, I think to your point, it's, you know, do you think that, do you think that's a, that's a, uh, the, the, uh, the weakest argument that there is out there? I think because so, people yeah. are making that for like James Harden. It's either that or that what? their game is affected by the, the change in the foul calls and all no, that. that. I believe, I mean, James Harden is clearly trying to play chicken with the league to well, get them to, to ex- change ex- back how they're changing the, how they've been calling those calls. Explain right? like, Trey young, Trey young's still doing good. Well, it's because James Harden's a whiner, but um, no, I, so Damian Lillard, I, I would say I'm a little concerned because it does seem to be partially physical and there's no guarantee that, you know, as a 30, is he 31, 30, 31, that the way that he's responded to these like early season abdominal things, it's he's, you know, has been reported on as being a thing for a while. There's no guarantee that it's going to resolve itself as quickly as it has in the past. Having said that, I do think a huge part of it is the new system that he's been asked to run. Right. And that's why I was really encouraged again to see that sequence in the third quarter. Where it was like, Oh, that's what Damian Lillard knows how to do. He looked fine. He had the explosion. Didn't look like he was coming up short on his shots like that there was the one shot that he literally willed into the rim where that bounced on the front tap and it was just like he's like "Mm." but the shot before that was a bit long so yeah Yeah. i'm not i'm not i'm personally not super concerned about it. i'd say i'm a little bit concerned ryan is there anything else you want to hit before we explode into the ether no no there is not uh i do want to say that uh there there is something that i played around with a little bit in the offseason that i tested around and i'm thinking about running it for tomorrow's game so me and you may test it out to start the game and see how it goes and invite him off uh oh, but yeah, uh there, yeah, yeah. Th- th- there's an app called playback 
in which uh, I one is allowed to stream the game on their computer, and it's kind of it kind of runs a little bit like Spotify Green Room, in which you can then open that up for others to watch the game with you. So you're on camera; they get to see your reactions and all that stuff. Now, the only thing that keeps me from wanting to make this a a massively public thing is that you cannot deny speakers. Anybody who joins gets a camera. Yeah, it's a bummer, but I think we should try it. Like, what's the worst that's going to happen? And then we have a montage of people doing horrible things. But like, yeah, I, exactly. why not try it? But then it? I, yeah. you just close it down. So so I'm thinking about doing that so that it, depending on when everybody's listening to this, if you're listening before the Clippers game, I'll throw out a tweet or whatnot, or and the show page will throw out a tweet on, on if we're going to have it have it happen and, and a little link to it and whatnot. And we may experiment with it and see if it's something fun to do. If you know, anybody wants to, you know, live watch a game with us per se, cause that's the best way you're going to be able to do it. I like it. All right, Ryan pop quiz. Where can people find our work? If they wanted to find our work, <laughs> the internet. That's great. Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> that's actually a technically accurate answer and technically is the best kind of correct. So good job. If you you want to find most of my basketball takes, you'll find it over at, uh, at Blazer Tech, PDX, Blazer Tech Sports. Uh, you want to find kind of my own my own personal falls on, on life in general. You can find that at the Witty Ryan all on Twitter. Uh, you can find us at Like the Blazers because Twitter still won't let us put a we in there. Too many characters. <laughs> Damn it. I swear people have longer names than that than us on this but it just whatever and uh then obviously you goldner uh they can find your uh horrible takes that i'm more than happy to call out three ways from sunday at uh at goldner pdx still waiting on that apology ryan uh well i have until i die so hopefully you pass first Uh, well i might kill you in the middle of the night it is halloween after all uh (laughs) yes that is great appreciate you thank you all have a good one and until next time go blazers adios